Ladies and gentlemen, the recipients of the National Jefferson Award and the number one New York Times best-selling author, your host, Dave Pelzer. Hello, America and world at large. This is your host, Dave Pelzer, as always, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America and the world at large from itself, starting with me. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for taking time from your busy schedule with all that's going on in the world today, and it's always a busy world. If we've learned anything in the last two years, or if you live in North Sonoma County, the last four to five years, it's always something, it's a busy, busy world. And I'm so happy and honored that you can give us a few minutes of your life in the course of a life, your valuable time. And I hope, as always, you get something out of this. Uh, a couple things. Uh, I apologize. I know I used to do this um, three or four times a month and, and lately, and it's going to be that way for a while, I think. Um, I've been busy on, on book nine. Very, very busy. It's, it's, it's a beautiful kind of a haunting love story about, you know, my character at age 60 going through an unsudden, you know, unexpected change and trying to adjust with change. And, and it's, 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 it's I've, I've written eight other books, as you folks probably know, and this is a very hard, this is really difficult for me. And it takes a great deal of my time because I'm not the best writer and, and, and I'm crawling for a good word. I'm looking for a good adjective and expression. And uh, a side note, I just spoke to, one of the publishers, and he was very kind enough to 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 make me an offer, and I, I t there was some uh, an advance amount, and he doesn't do advances, and I actually said no, and he thought, oh, he's saying you're saying no to the deal, David says, no, I'm not saying no to the deal, I'll look it over, but I'm saying no to the advance, because with all that's going on in the world today, I don't need it, you can't really afford it, and those monies per se can go somewhere else. And he was very gracious. He says, I never thought of that. And I said, well, it's, you know, these, these are different times and we have to think differently and do differently and hopefully have a little bit more humanity in our heart and it should be less about me, 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 and me too and more about us all pulling together, which is one of the premises of the show that we'll go over here in just a few minutes. But my friends, I am in good health. I'm in pretty good spirits. Uh, uh, hopefully by the end of this month, I'll have my little townhouse uh, uh, all put together, and I'm so excited about that. You know, uh, maybe, you know, I, there's always a mixed blessing in a sense, you know, and, and maybe my mixed blessing is, you know, out of all the things, and the book is actually about me uh, coming back to the river that I've loved since I was a little boy with my family before things went crazy. And it's also about the connection that my son and I have at the river, and then the connection between myself my parents before me, my son, and now my little SJ, my little grandson, you know. So it's, it's a romantic, haunting love story, but I thank you for your thoughts and prayers. I truly, truly do, and my thoughts and prayers are always with you. And, and with that, let's talk about you. The first question we always ask in the show is, how are you doing today, 
Because I know there's a lot going on in the world and there's a lot of, you know, frustration and there's a lot of uncertainty. And, and all we can do, ladies and gentlemen, is adjust the best way that we can day by day. You know, what do my folks say in, in, in recovery? I've learned so much from folks in recovery, more than I have in books or seminars or these prophets of master motivational speakers. You know, they say it's one day at a time and sometimes it's one hour at a time. And how do you get through it? You just do what you have to do for the now. And in part because of the COVID and because of finances and people, the job market is, is kind of up and down a little bit. You know, we have to be open. We have to adjust. But at the end of the day, please take good care of yourself because to me, everything's kind of about sleep. Anybody who knows me knows I, I really don't sleep that much. I don't need a lot of sleep. I love my afternoon nappies because you don't have to pray for naps. I've checked it out. I actually asked one of my, 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 my father, a good friend of mine will talk about, Father Lincoln. We were talking one time. I said, you know, I pray at night, and I do a quick prayer in the morning, and I pray like maybe, you know, 10 times a day. Do I have to pray when I take a nap? And he pondered it for like three minutes, like, well, well, what are you thinking about when you're napping? Um, falling asleep. <laughs> okay, you don't have to pray for naps. All right, thank you. Let's both write that down in case the question is ever poised again. But I want to make sure that you're doing well, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to be of good cheer. You know, I'm what they call the unusual optimist, you know, and I've probably experienced just about, well, I can't say every bad thing that can happen to you, but I've, I've, I've had my fair share just as you have had. And I think my one saving grace was tomorrow's another day or I will attempt to try, you know, and, and, and I count at least a thousand blessings a day, for whether it's a cup of coffee or uh, I date myself. I've, I don't know if I've told you folks, but uh, many years ago when I was single, I dated myself. I'm now dating myself again. And that means, you know, I get up and I do my chores. I get my house in physical order. I do some cleaning. I'll go shopping for good food, get some flowers, uh, work out, uh, maybe take a nap and get up and, and start prepping at two or three. And I'll have the music on or a romantic movie on in the background and I've got a glass of wine and I cook, 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 cook. And then, of course, when you cook, you always just take a tiny bit and go, oh, I'm full. <laughs> That's why I liked being a firefighter because when I dated myself as a firefighter, I'd always have two pounds of carbonara. It calls for half a pound of bacon. I put in three extra pounds of bacon, bacon, bacon. And I just delivered to the firefighters and they just gorged themselves with it. But I want you to have that same mentality that you've got to take care of yourself. You've got to look for those 10, 20, 30 little things every single day that bring you happiness, that brings you closer to solace, that maybe brings you closer to your faith. There's no reason in the world where you should get up every morning, oh, I hate my job, I hate my life, I hate my wife, I hate the kids, I hate everybody. Well, that makes you the common denominator. So please, please take care of yourself. This is not a race, it's, it's, it's a marathon. We have to pace ourselves because it's always going to be something. Whether it's unexpected gas prices, unexpected expenses. I have a lady friend, uh, I, I just talked to her yesterday. <laughs> she, she has over 10,000 wasps up in her attic. 
She sent me a photo. It was something out of the alien film. Remember the alien films? And, you know, these guys are looking for that one alien? And they don't find pods, but they find all this alien stuff on the walls. I mean, from like hundreds of years of alien invasion stuff. It's just, um, she has, they, they predicted over 10,000 wasps. Unexpected, gets up, finds a little nest outside. And now she's got nest, hardened nest inside, up in her attic, for God's sakes. And she's frustrated because it's always something. She's trying to sell her house. She's trying to take care of her kids, her grandkids. She's got a big family. Oh, my gosh. She's, and, and she's a force of nature. She's basically the, uh, the town, uh, uh, the mayor of the town. Everybody comes to her with their problems, for goodness sakes. And I can't imagine her frustration. You know, that's why I say, again, it's always important for you to take a step back, analyze the situation, do what you can. And sometimes you've got to make three or four phone calls, and sometimes it's going to take a while to get things done. This is, you know, we're wrapping up my house. We were supposed to have it wrapped up months ago, but somebody forgot to press a button called send to start the process to put me in queue so I can finally get things done. But you know what? I did all I can do, and all I, I can't lose sleep over it. There's a lot of white noise out there, ladies and gentlemen, and sometimes we create our own white noise. It's so important right now with all that's going on in the world and all that you do, take care of you. Ta-da. You know, I can probably wrap up the show right now because anything else I say may not be as important. You're the most important thing on this planet, ladies and gentlemen. You are. I want you to know that. You are important. You are value. You have a sense. You have a purpose. I don't know what your mission is. And I used to work with uh, young adults at the schools. I tell them, I don't know, but you're here for a purpose. You have to find your own mission. You have to take some responsibility. You got to man up. You got to woman up and take, you know, ownership that you have a purpose. So there's that. But now I have more intel to give you. Now I'm switching hats. I'm going from your nice host, to now it's Unky Dave. And sometimes Unky Dave may say something you don't want to hear. And I'm not trying to step on toes, deliberately. But I might have to just press my boot up against him. Folks, what in the wild, wild world of sports is going on here? I, 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 folks, what is wrong? We are heading in the wrong direction. And I'm talking about the vaccines. We were doing really, really good for a while. I know uh, as of yesterday, they gave out a million shots, which is pretty good. But folks, uh, we, we've got to do better. I, I know a lot of folks refuse to get any of their shots. And I've talked to a lot of folks who refuse. And, 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 and they're all kind of saying the same thing. Say, oh, I don't know. I heard from Joe. I heard from Eddie that, 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 that it's, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Well, Folks, please, please, if, if, if you want to get good intel, don't, 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 don't get it from One Tooth Timmy or, or Big Bourbon Betty. Get good intel. Look at your source when you get to intel. Listen to your news. Listen to Dr. Fauci. Listen to CDC and HWO. Talk to people who have gotten your shots because I, I know there, there might be Again, might, maybe, possibly, might be side effects. Some people got a little sick. Some people, their arm was sore. My arm was sore for about a day, about 48 hours after I got my second shot. 
Okay. Is that a possibility? Yes, it's kind of like a flu shot, but it will pass. It will pass. And folks, there's no conspiracy. Some guy says, well, they're putting in government trackers. I know this should be true. How? Why? What's your source? I just know things. Well, okay, maybe that works for you, but don't be telling 20 other people that because maybe they might believe you. I just don't understand. Look at your source. Get good intel. Here's what you do, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a concern, do your research, okay? Get, talk to folks who are knowledgeable and have some credibility. Uh, uh, how about a doctor? Maybe talk to your doctor. A pharmacist, that's a good place to go. Talk to your pharmacist. What about a nurse? If you have to, you know, talk to your local fire department. A lot of these guys are EMTs and paramedics. And everybody trusts the fire department. Talk to them and ask them, do you have your shots? How's it working? Because I, I, I know it's frustrating. And it takes a little bit of time. And you got to get in queue and so forth. But now that everything's ramped up. Everybody's got a good system when it comes to getting your shots, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to a local supermarket or Walgreens or, or, or another place. And, and you stand in line for maybe five minutes. Boom, boom. And they'll take care of you. They'll take care of you. They want to take care of you. This, this is a necessary thing we have to do, ladies and gentlemen. If we don't, because, uh, again, I know we've all been through a lot, and it's frustrating, but if we don't get a handle on this, then it might be all for naught. There's going to be a tipping point, ladies and gentlemen, and not only us in America, but the world at large. We've got to do this, ladies and gentlemen. And remember, we're all... We're all in this together. We're all inclusive. Because here's what I predict. Now, you've heard of Nostradamus, who predicted the future. Smart guy. I am the opposite of Nostradamus, a persona that I call Pelzer Dumbest. All unknowing, all unseeing Pelzer Dumbest. I predict if we don't get a handle on this, the government is going to take over. And there's a lot of frustration. Look at what happened in Michigan, last year, some clowns, frustrated clowns, they wanted to, they, they had this elaborate mission and possible scheme to kidnap the governor. Why'd you want to kidnap the governor? She told us you had to stay inside. She told us we got to wear a mask. We're Americans. You can't tell us nothing. Okay. Wow. Um, that's, and, and you're taking that on her. And, and, you're, and, and you're guarding or patrolling the state capitol with loaded automatic weapons? Oh, my gosh. Some people, what I'm trying to convey, some people are so frustrated or some people are so scared and that frustration turns into anger and hatred. They'll use any excuse they can to ignite a wildland fire. They, they, they will burn down their own house, per se, to prove their point, to validate whatever their point is. And you got to think about collateral damage. I mean, I think it was, it scared a lot of people when we had shut everything down and then we opened, then we closed and opened and closed. And we, I mean, we're st I'm, they're still trying to get a handle on it. And if we don't get a handle on it, ladies and gentlemen, I do predict it's going to be a slow squeeze. I believe like, like right now they're requesting that we wear a mask. Even if you got your shots, they're requesting when you go outside, 
you know, wear your mask. When you're going interior, wear your mask. I think it's going to go from request to required. And then I think, too, there's going to be restrictions uh, 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 on, on bars and restaurants, uh, the Disneylands, you know, those type of things. In, in, in some places right now, because I, I did a fundraiser, a local fundraiser here this last week, and, and, and they said you have to have proof of your shots. You have to show them your card. And I don't, I don't mind doing that, you know. And, and, and what I'm predicting, too, is some guys who don't have their shots will just get a scam card. I'm sure that's going to be in the black market. Hey, man, let's get those cards and just write things down. You know, that, 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 that can happen. And, and then what I'm hearing, too, is, is one guy, a local guy, got into a fight with the guy at the door to the bar because this invasion of privacy, you can't tell me you got to do this and do that. Well, there, there is a thing, ladies and gentlemen, any owner of a business can refuse your patronage. They have the right to refuse you service. We forget this. It's not your right. It's their right. It's their business. It's their liability for their employees and the general health of the community. So a lot of people might get frustrated. They might take it the wrong way. Because remember, frustration turns into fear. That fear can turn into anger. And then it's something like from... uh, What's that cartoon, South Park, the South Park cartoon series? Whenever they have a meeting, sooner or later, someone goes, ramble, 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 ramble. And everybody gets all amped up, ramble, ramble, ramble. And there's a guy in the corner always says, they took your jobs. Well, we're not talking about that. But that's okay, they took your jobs. That's right, they took your jobs. And everybody gets, they coagulate in, in this pool of anger. And some people act on that anger. And we saw what happened on January 6th, because the big picture, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people are behind on their rent and their mortgage. Man, I am so glad I'm semi-retired. I cannot imagine being in my 70s, 70s and being the president of the United States or being a governor, let alone being a mayor, let alone being a fire chief, let alone being a mom or a dad with kids in the house thinking, man, you know, sooner or later we, we got to come up with money to pay this mortgage or the rent or we're not getting the government checks anymore. Sooner or later, the fit's going to hit the shan. That's a lot of frustration in itself and then you worry about your kids and then the homeschooling and then the frustration of, God, I love my wife, but man, I've got to kill her, man, because she's leaving that toilet seat down and she's barking about this or my husband's barking me about that and the kids, ah, all that frustration. That's a lot, and you're still dealing with COVID, per se. We've all got to take a step back and just kind of like do what we have to do. Because, again, a lot of folks are refusing to work, which, as you've seen already, what, gas prices are going up? Wood. I was doing some, 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 I was fixing up the house, and I had to get some wood. It, like, tripled in less than five days. Why? Because they say there's a shortage of loggers. Shortages of getting the logs to where they need to go because there's no drivers. Restaurants are doing, they're doing okay, but they don't have enough working people there, which is going to drive the pr- prices have already gone up. My little local restaurant, I don't mind, but for a lot of people, they can't afford that. So there's a lot of things going, it's all connected. It's all connected. And what we all need to do 
is simply pull together. We did it in World War II. I've given you examples of that. Women in the workforce. That's how we won World War II. Women in the workforce. Little Johnny on his bicycle collecting scraps of metal or rubber. We all worked together. We worked together in 9-11. Yeah, we had to adjust. We had TSA, and you got to go there an hour prior to go through security. And then you can't meet your loved one uh, at the gate. You got to meet them when they get out of the terminal. Okay, we can adjust. Look at California. I don't know what gee diddy my higher power has against California. California is on fire. Unbelievable. The fallout goes as far as, as, as Fairfax. It goes far as, 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 as uh, uh, up in um, parts of Canada. In New York, there's fallout from us, from Oregon and California and Arizona gets in the jet stream. It's really a serious situation. And if that's not enough, we have no water. California has basically no water. There's a photo of a guy in Lake Oroville in Northern California looking straight up because there's basically no water. We're in a drought as worse than 19. I think the biggest drought we have was the mid-70s. I want to say 75, 76. We, couldn't, we weren't allowed to flush our toilets. They gave us uh, like, okay, here's how you take a shower. Rinse yourself, shut it down, lather up, shampoo up, rinse yourself, boom, get out. Get in and out in 30 seconds basically of water. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get worse for us, for goodness sakes, but you know what? We are adjusting. We are adjusting. We can, we can get more firefighters to the fire. We'll, we'll do what we got to do. We'll, we'll, we'll buy more water or we'll water our plants less or we don't go to the water theme park. We will adjust, but we're all in this together. I just think, ladies and gentlemen, it's sad sometimes that we, I, I will, what? Because my son even talked about, it. hey, dad, we're in the lottery. What lottery? The, the vaccine lottery. We got our shots and we got a lottery number. What? So your incentive was, uh, if you get a vaccine shot, you, you might win $1,000 from the state lottery? Yeah, Dad, it's cool. I'm going, no, it's not. The POTUS yesterday, President Biden said yesterday, he's considering, and I, how, I, I don't know how he's going to pay for it. Uh, uh, if you get a shot, you get $100. I mean, that's pretty desperate, and I understand what he's trying to do, but I, I, I folks, <laughs> have we really got, if, if that's what it takes, I guess you got to do what you got to do. I don't, and, and, and there is a, a talk, too, about a third shot. It's called the stickler shot. And I guess, I, I guess if I've got to get a third shot to stop me from getting the, the, the Delta virus, I, I, I got to do it. Don't want to, but I got to do it. It's a cold reality, ladies and gentlemen. Here are the facts. And this is not, you know... Me talking in a bar, spewing about the government and, you know, the world's going to explode, blah, 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 blah. No, here's the cold reality. The Delta variant accounts for 80% of all new cases. 80%. And I just found out a few minutes ago, before I had the chance to, to record this show for you, that a friend of mine, a friend of mine has the Delta variant. And, uh, you know, he wasn't too sure about getting the shots, and he was going to get the shots, and he's just too busy. He's a busy man. Remember we talk about in all that you do take care of you? He's got the Delta variant. 
80% of all new cases in the United States are from the Delta variant. Now, I hope you're sitting down, ladies and gentlemen. And I hope right now you open up your heart and listen to me. Here's a fact. 99.5% of all the deaths in America are from those who are not vaccinated. Think. I want you to really take a deep breath and think. I want you to think about your children. If you get COVID and if you die, who's going to take care of your babes? Think about your family, your siblings, your parents, your uncles, your aunties. Think about your friends. Think about your lover. Think about what you wanted to accomplish in the course of your life. Think about working so hard all your life so you can maybe take one cruise. Maybe you go to Napa and get a, a nice bottle of wine and eat some good Gouillet cheese. Think about that time that you can do whatever you want, however you want, because you earned it. You've earned your place. You've worked so hard. You've raised the kids, or you're going to have babies. You're going to make love. You're going to have a wonderful life. James Capper, that beautiful Christmas film, A Wonderful Life with America's Very Own Jimmy Stewart. Think, ladies and gentlemen. Think about you. Please, 99.5% of deaths are from those who are not vaccinated. That is beyond startling. Maybe for a moment I wish I was a mayor. And I would say the same thing. I beg you to get your shots. Here's 100 bucks. Get it. Maybe I'd do that. Folks, we got to do better. Look at your intel. Look at the source of where you're getting your intel from. Think. And please make a logical decision. What's right for you and those around you. Okay. <sighs> Boy. Unky Dave's taking off his Unky Dave hat. <laughs> okay. Man, if I can just get a hundred of you all to get your shots, I think we've done our job. And here's the thing. If you get your shot and it works for you, you better tell people to get their shots, okay? <laughs> Please. Now, oh, my goodness, I'm so excited. I wish I had a cup of coffee right now or even, you know what, uh, 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 a shot of good whiskey, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> I've got a great love story for you. Anybody who knows me, it's, it's weird. Within, I, I've even had firefighters kind of like, not cry, but like it all welled up. Male and female firefighters, even the young kids. Because everybody who knows me knows I am a hopeless romantic. I am. I love love. I love romance. Uh, I'm, I'm haunted. I, I, I still love uh, the former Mrs. Pelzer, the fabulous Miss KK. K we call her. Uh, uh, beautiful lady, inside and out. Miss her. Uh, I will always, you know, hold a candle for her. Uh, it's hard. I don't know anybody uh, that, that, that at my age divorces. Not at this age. My God, we should be coasting. We should be going on cruises and vacations and stuff like that. And, and considering that we're both smart people and she's a master, a master therapist. She's a family therapist. She, we should, you know, and I do a little counseling and I'm a pretty smart cook, eh? It's amazing. Everybody thinks, oh, you guys get along so well. We say, yeah, we did. But it just, you know, sometimes love is not enough. I don't know. I mean, and I'm still going through that. 
And she's moved on. And, you know, I, don't, I, I tell her jokingly, I say, I want you to be happy, but not too happy. <laughs> but I've got a great love story for you. This is a real-life love story. I mean, you can't make this up. There's so many twists and turns of this, and I'm going to try not to screw this up. So this is a time, if, if, if you're listening to the show during happy hour, trust me, get a shot of good whiskey and just take a nice sip. Or if you have a cup of coffee, this is time to sit down. Or if you're taking a walk, maybe listen a little bit more or, or, or what have you. But this is a good story. And everybody knows I love my movies. Uh, the, the most romantic movie I think I've ever seen is uh, Casablanca. A man who gives up his beloved for a higher cause. Gives up his beloved for a higher cause. You know? And, and, and I, I love that. Another romantic movie that's really a tragedy, of course, is Citizen Kane. So those are, if you, if you got your movies going on, that's what I recommend for you. But here's a story about the most beautiful, heart-filled man I've ever had the honor of not only meeting but, but gotten to know. So here's, here's the thing. Many years ago, this man is walking home from work. Now, there's different versions of this story. He either managed or owned a restaurant bar in Southern California, did pretty well, well to do, very dedicated, very nice man. So one time he's walking home, goes home to his wife and grabs her hand and sits her down at the dinner table and says, honey, I need to confess something to you. I just walked with Jesus. I just walked with Jesus Christ. And his wife supposedly says, Howard, you've been doing that for years. And what's sad, you know, they both thought and prayed, and I'm sure they, they, they want the, the counseling and so forth. What is sad is that they divorced she gave Howard a blessing. If this is where your heart is at, if this is what you want to follow, then you have to do this, Howard. I am willing to give you up for God. And, and, and to this day, I mean, when I, I haven't seen Howard in many years, but uh, 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 we'd always talked about his love because I thought it was, he was always curious about me as a kid trying to survive uh, abuse and always, always being the romantic I was, or am, I would, I would say, what about you and your former wife? And, and, and they, they were still the very, very best of friends. They still loved each other. And that's something else, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going through something right now, don't have hate in your heart. Trust me, I know. I've been on both sides of, of the coin there. But, you know, that love shouldn't really change that much. If you love someone, you love them unconditionally. I mean, it's painful. It really is painful. You know, particularly when someone else moves on and you're stuck in your rut. But, you know, life is about movement. And sometimes you've got to stir the soup. You've got to do something to move on unless you choose. Like, I, you know, I'm choosing maybe I'll be monk of the month for uh, eight years and two months. Who knows? I'm going for the record. <laughs> but this, young, this, this man gave up his beloved and, and he applied to, 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 to join the church. And everybody turned him down. Everybody turned him down. And it, 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 it was sad. Because uh, this, 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 he, in his office, Father Lincoln, Father Howard Lincoln, Monsignor Father Lincoln now, 
uh, he has this nice office, very Spartan, but against the wall, there's over dozens, plural, dozens of rejection letters. I mean, it's just, it's just un- unbelievable. And, and, and it, because, you know, because he was married, because he's elderly, per se, he wasn't in his 20s or 30s. And if you're married, oh, close your ears. If you're under the age of seven, <laughs> he probably had sex with his wife. Uh-oh, and you can't do that in the church. Ho, ho, ho. But you want to talk about, I've never met a person so close to God in my life, his spirit about him. I'm just such a beautiful man. So eventually he persisted and eventually became a priest. And again, his office, all those rejections, they're in frames. He wears it as a badge of honor because you want to talk about persistence. If there's something you want bad enough, you will find a way. Everybody's always so, Dave, how did you do it? What's your secret? Did you go to a master motivational speaker program? Did you walk on coals? No. I was like, Six, eight, in the basement. I didn't escape and fade. How'd you do it? Uh, I just did what I had to do. I'm sure I've told you the story. I, I, I love meeting people and listening to their story. I love a good story. And I met this lady, African-American lady. She raised, I think, five kids or four kids, and they all went to college. Now, you know it's easy to be a high school dropout lady, African-American. That's got to be the easiest thing in the world, to raise kids by yourself. Now, you know I'm being snarky. And she's like, I don't got time for this. I just do what I got to do. I just do what I had to do. I'm going, that's it. That's it. That's, oh, my God, we're in the same club. How do you fight cancer? That's cancer. How do you fight cancer? Well, you got to fight it with everything you've got. You got to take care of yourself and know when to fight, when to withdraw, when to retreat, when to get meds. You just do what you got to do. It's not pretty. Gosh, life is not easy. Life is not pretty. Life is a gooey mess. My son, with SJ turning two here in a few few weeks, few weeks, haha. Uh-huh. Man, life ain't pretty. There's a lot of gooey gooeyness to life. Man, but this man just persisted. When I first met him, I was dating a, a, a blonde, a, a nice lady. And, and she was, you know, in recovery and, and, and putting her life in order. And, you know, not, 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 not the brightest lady in the world, made a lot of mistakes. I mean, she hit every limb on the tree when it comes to mistakes. Terrible. But she was getting her life in order, and she knew that I read the Bible, and I was of the Catholic faith, and we went on a date to the church one time. Saturday, late afternoon, we went to church. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've done the fire and brimstone. I've, I've, I've seen the shows. You know, I know the quotations. I have read the Bible cover to cover. I truly have. Now, I did skip the begotten, 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 who begot, who begot the begotten, who forgot the begotten. And Okay, I'll skip that, but I've read every story. I read Matthew 7's, do not worry, do not judge, ask, seek, and find, and that just fulfills me. Enter through the narrow gates. Do not throw your, your pearls to, to swine. They were turning and turning you to pieces. Before you ask your brother to take the speck out of his eye, you better take the plank out of yours. I know the Bible pretty well, pretty well, pretty well. And, and, and I always sit in the back because I like to look at the audience and I like to just, you know, be in the back. And here's this beautiful man, beautiful man. He's still got that Irish rope to him, that little Irish rope to him. Father Howard Lincoln. And, and the first lesson he taught me, the first time I went to church, and pardon me for swearing, 
He said the D word. Oh my goodness. I was I looked at my date, I'm like, did he? And she's like, Yep, this is how he rolls. Father Lincoln, every seat in the house, this is Friday afternoon, the five o'clock service. Every seat of the house is filled, and he had the audacity to say divorce. And he talked about divorce. And he talked about how it can splinter a family and, and, and the trials of divorce and what it does to the family. And if you can repair the damage, get counseling, get help. I'll help you. I'll help you. I know what divorce is like. What? He said, what? And again, the blonde nods her head. Oh, yeah. That guy was married. I'm like, no way. <laughs> really? That guy? He's a, what? I'm confused. And the way he talked, it's just like I'm kind of talking to you. We're just sitting down having a conversation, maybe more of a monologue for me. But it made me feel cleaner, and it brought me closer to my faith. And at the end, of course, you go outside, and, and the lady always likes to shake his father's hand. She says, oh, this is my friend Dave. And Dave Pelzer, and he looks at me, and I gave him the nod, and we need to talk. Uh-oh. I thought, okay, I'm, I'm in trouble now. Got to go to the principal's office. Call my secretary on Monday, and we need to talk there, young man. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay, what did I do? What did I do? And I was going to see him in a few weeks, so the next week I saw him, and he said the A word. Again, children, cover your ears. In church, on the pulpit, Father Howard Lincoln said the A word. He talked about abuse how we abuse ourselves, how we don't let go of the cross, and how we punish ourselves. And he talked about elderly abuse and spouse abuse and child abuse and how God, you know, loves us all, how Jesus loves us all, and how, you know, we need to recognize this is real and that we need to help each other out and we need to support each other. We all are in this together. We have to support each other. If we don't get a handle on this, it's going to tip Children will go to will grow up and be frustrated and angered and go to jail. There will be drug abuse. There will be uh, there, there there will be alcohol abuse. This is this is this is a black cancer. Abuse is terrible. Let's all work through this. And I remember I I, I just thanked him and and he, you know he knew who I was, and that was very nice of him, and it just brought me closer. Every time I went to church, it just brought me closer to my faith. You know, and I, and, and I was always honored to meet him. I remember the first time I, I was in his office. You know, you got to go through the secretary and you go through his personal secretary and stuff like that. And she knew who I was and she gave me the nod and I said, oh, hello, ma'am, how are you doing? And she introduced herself, very nice young lady, Miss Sandra. And I remember uh, uh, um, we would talk. Like he was curious about what did you do as a child? And, and, and I talked about in the child called it my faith as a child that God loved babies and I must have been a bad baby because God is punishing me and what did I do wrong? Or I talked about in a child called it that uh, toward the end before my rescue I wasn't sleeping and I really hated my God. I really did because I was doing everything I could and every time I tried something it just seemed to blow up in my face. And now my parents were separating my father cannot protect me. I was always hoping he would take me by the hand and rescue me like he rescues children from fires. He was a firefighter. And I thought my time was, was, was done, that my mom was going to kill me at any second. 
any second. And I, I remember psychologically giving God the bird. Like, you don't want me? You don't listen to me? You can't save me? Okay, see you later. I remember the last thing, after all my frustration, I would always say the Lord's Prayer. And it always ends in, you know, deliver me from evil. So Father Lincoln and I talked about that faith or the lack of faith and losing the faith and regaining the faith. And the thing about Father Lincoln, it was, this was really cool. Afterwards, he kind of like rubs his hands. After we talk about spiritual matters, rubs his hands, jumps up, springs up, sits in the corner of his desk right by me, takes off his collar. Hey, so I saw you with that blonde lady. She's kind of a looker. I'm like, and automatically I'm going, oh, yeah, she's, what? What did what you say? What? What? He goes, hey, hey, it's Howard. Oh, okay, you take off the collar. Oh, I get it. Okay, okay, okay. So when your father Lincoln, you got the collar sitting behind the desk, mm -hmm, rubbing your hands, twirling your thumbs, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, listen attentively. But when you jump up and take off the collar, oh, my God, you're Howard Lincoln. That's so cool. I've got to talk to Howard Lincoln. And one thing I discovered about Howard Lincoln Okay, he loves movies. I love movies. He loves movies. I love Susan Cain, Casablanca, you know, Gone with the Wind, da-da-da-da-da-da, James Bond, John Bond, James Bond, Roger Moore, James Bond son. He loves Quentin Tarantino. Now, I hope you weren't drinking <laughs> when I said that. <laughs> Howard Lincoln loves Quentin Tarantino films. <laughs> and I remember, I even... Because I, I thought to myself, and we, I think we talked about, like, so when you go to Blockbuster to rent these films, do people look at you differently, or do you buy these films, or, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and anybody who knows me, if I find out something you like, I'm going to get it for you. Unless, of course, it's a home or an Aston Martin DB9. That's kind of expensive. But, you know, if I can buy you a little gift, I, you know, I, I just love to do that. I do that all the time. So what I did is I bought him, um, it's called Death Trap with Kurt Russell. And, and, and there was another zombie film with James Brolin in it and so forth. Uh, it was a, a two-pack film. And it was so weird because the next time I saw Father Lincoln, I had to go through the Secretary 1. What's in the bag? Oh, nothing. Secretary 2, his personal secretary, Sandra. What's in the bag, David? Um, nothing. What's in the bag? And I kind of opened it up. And I gave her the look. And she gave me the nod like, shh, don't tell anybody. I thought... I mean, my God, I thought I was going to the principal's office sneaking adult films or something. I mean, my goodness. But I thought that was great. And here's the thing about, you know, Father Lincoln, Howard Lincoln. He was the most eligible bachelor in the area. He, they had a bachelor off, whatever, a fundraiser. He always got the highest bids. And it was called Spend a Night with Father Lincoln. And what it was, uh, uh, he would come over to your house and cook. He would bring over... Whatever meal you wanted, but he prepped it his way because that's what I do. I got my own things that I do when I cook. And he would cook for you, but you had to have good wine. That was the condition. He does the prepping. He does the cooking. You do the dishes. You give him good wine. Everybody just loved this guy. Whenever I went to Iraq, the first time I went to Iraq, I made sure I met with Father Lincoln privately outside uh, uh, whatever because I had to do confession. And then I had to get a blessing. I remember I had a St. Jude, which is the, the, the patron saint of lost causes. And then I had St. Christopher, the patron saint of travelers. And I'm on my knee. He's got his hand on my forehead. And I'm waiting for him to give the blessing. I look up at him. I say, uh-uh, dear God. He repeats, dear God, please 
bless Brother Dave. Please bless Brother Dave in his travels, in his travels. And I'm going, okay, I'm doing, this is getting kind of weird. But he was just a humane guy. Unbelievable. We had a tradition. Every Christmas, I always gave him a bottle of wine, a nice bottle of wine. Then as years progressed, I had to give Sandra a bottle of wine. She would not let me in unless I gave her the same bottle of wine. One Christmas, I gave them both Camus wine. Camus is very nice. Very, If you love a nice Cabernet, you can't get better than Camus. It's just as good as Silver Oak. Don't go Opus One. It's too pricey. Don't do it. Camus is nice. We do our thing. He talks to me as Father Lincoln, talks to me as Dave Pelzer. I present him with the wine. And I swear to God when I say this, that man had the audacity to say, and I remember he, he, he kind of like lowers his voice as Dave. David, if you want to get in with JC, here's what you do. Get Camus Select. I said, what? Yeah, really. You want to get in with Jesus Christ, get Camus Select. So, of course, uh, that's, a, that's a gauntlet. That's a challenge. I went right out to the store. Mm-hmm. I did it. I bought two bottles of Camus Select because you got to give one to Sandra and you got to give one to Father Lincoln. And they had the audacity not to even give me the first bottle of Camus, for goodness sakes. But that's the type of person he was. And Sandra and I became good friends. She was going through a divorce at one time, a very unexpected divorce, and she was so heartbroken. And, you know, you always say the same thing. You know, take care of yourself, keep working out, keep prayers, don't have hatred in your heart, and, you know, sweetheart, you will find another love. Unbelievable. I, I, and and here's, here's the thing. Father was supposed to retire last year. He's, he's had health issues. Everybody knows he's had health issues. He's at the age. But the church asked him, because of COVID, can you please stay on? And this man, again, popes love Father Lincoln. Popes is in plural. I've seen the photos. And he just stands there like, mm, no big deal. He doesn't put your arm around you. He's not overly excited. He's kind of like bored because, you know, he's got other stuff on his mind, other things he needs to do. He's, he's been there Hundreds of times in hospitals, given last rites, blessing babies. You know, everybody wants to get married by Father Lincoln. He's just a rock star of love. But after 20, 20 years of service, he finally retired. Two days after he retired, he married Sandra. Now, I'm going to stop right now. We're talking about Father Lincoln. This man gave up a beautiful marriage for God. There was no hanky-panky, no one, Father Lincoln and Sandra. They probably didn't even hold hands. They just became the dearest of friends over the years. They both believe in God. They both believe in being of service. They would never in a thousand, million, billion years Think about the idea of having uh, uh, self-satisfaction or, 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 or gratification and enjoying themselves. He actually had to write a letter. The Mon- Monsignor, Father Lincoln, had to write a letter to the church stating, stating, we haven't done anything. We love each other. We're at a certain age. We don't want to be alone. We want to take care of each other. We want to live our lives in peace. And I guess the church did not, per se, give him a blessing. They would actually talk about removing him from this called priestly state. 
because I guess you get a stipend if you retire or something. I, I, I don't know these things. But he, it's, it's, they married two days after he, he, he retired. They married here uh, in, in, in July of last year, and it was a huge thing. And, of course, you know, 99% of people who've known the father are so happy. Here's, I mean, he's 75. And, 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 and Miss Sandra is 72, and I saw a photo of them, you know, taken a few years ago, and she's just a doll. She really looks good. For 72, hubba hubba, good for you, girlfriend. She looks happy and fulfilled. They have a friendship. They have worked together. They have walked with God. And the fact that these two people can live in peace and harmony, oh, my goodness. I wish I was a preacher. I'd bless them both, for goodness sakes. You know what's amazing? For them right now, and, of course, we're quoting my James Bond film. Hopefully, it's coming out this year. It's not like I've waited years for this. No time to die. Because right now, it's all about love. Because love is love. For them, it's not about the white noise that can cause friction, lack of communication, stupid frustration. That doesn't mean a damn thing at that age. They don't have time for white noise or stupid frustrations or the nonsense that gets under your skin that turns into a rash and you're just trying to uh, remove it. There's no time to fight. No time to lose precious sleep. I really hope and pray for this couple. I mean, they don't need my prayers. But I want them to travel. I know they, they both, I, I'm assuming, because I think Howard loves to travel. I can see them traveling all over the world. And I can see Father Lincoln cooking and drinking great wine. At his age, no, 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 no wine in a box for Father, no, for Howard Lincoln. Oh, hell no. Came as select for you. Standard. Good drink and good wine, good scotch. And I hope they have an amazing, an amazing love life. I think their, their, their best moments is probably spooning in bed or eating chocolate chip cookies and uh, uh, ice cream and popcorn in bed watching a good movie knowing these guys. But I do know this. I know at their stage in their life, they will relish every moment and they deserve all the happiness the world can give them. After affecting millions and millions and millions of people, I bless you both. And here's where it gets to you, ladies and gentlemen. You're never too old. You're never too old, and there's always a chance. You've got to take care of your house, put your house in order, put your spirit in order, and be ready to be open enough to receive. There's listening, and there's receiving. If this is what you want in life, I'm sure you'll find it. I'm not there. I don't think I can, I, 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 I don't know. And that's my choice. But I'm happy with myself. Anybody who knows me knows I don't sleep. I really don't. I'm up early. I'm always working on projects. This book thing is really kicking my butt. But I'm going to get you a good book. I swear to goodness. I'm going to get you, write you the best book possible. I don't even know if I have a book. But I'm going to try. I'm going to give it my best. I spend a lot of my time on this deck. It's six feet by eight feet. I've got a couple plants. I've got this beautiful red chime, wind chime, that Kay gave me. And it just, it just ties the room together. Reference from the Big Lebowski. 
a tiest room together. And I just sit outside, and sometimes I'll have a cigar. I'll have a cup of coffee. And sometimes I'll have a libation, and I think I pray. I pray a lot. I pray to be wise and be compassionate. I pray to be a good person. And my last prayer is always the same. I pray that I can be of service. And that's my choice. Anything can and will happen to you, but you have to make it happen. Life is about movement, so keep moving. And I say don't wait for happiness. Make your happiness. All right, my friends. I thought this was going to be a short show, but you know me. As the lovely Mrs. C says, she's worked with me for over 20 years now, code name M, again, reference to our good friend Bond, James Bond. Dave, you can talk the hands off a sundial. I don't know about that. But again, I want to thank you for listening to our show. I hope you got something out of it. Wasn't that a great love story? My God, I want to cry. Oh, my goodness. Mm. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank our very good friend, Mr. Pat Metheny and the Pat Metheny Group for allowing us the privilege and honor to have his music on the show. Please go to his website. There's other great songs out there. Map of the World, If I Could. Uh, Lyle Mays, who passed away uh, uh, about a year or two years ago, has his own musical album, sir. You can listen to that. And as always, if you have a question or uh, something that, you know, we can uh, possibly help you with, pardon me, a comment, go to our website, davepelzer.com. That's P-E-L-Z-E-R.com. And remember, just like we said here in this, this story of Howard Lincoln, in the course of a life, one never knows what events may transpire. And you have to keep the faith. This is a good line for this, this show. Keep the faith. Because you might think you're all alone, an island onto yourself. And maybe you are, but keep the faith. You never know what the tide's going to bring in the next day. So as always, ladies and gentlemen, do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. This is your host, Dave Pelzer, speaking to you in my own voice, attempting to try to save America from itself and the world at large, starting with me. So until next time, please, take good care. Good day. Good luck. And to all of you, God bless.